This is Taco Incidents, where we learn the secrets of breakthrough brand experience from the most brilliant leaders while we're on the search for the perfect taco. I'm Scott Porter, entrepreneur, brand experience strategist, and I'm completely obsessed with tacos. Thanks so much for joining us. Taco stop number seven, brand experience pick-me-up. I met up with Josh Searle at Mexicali Tacos and Company in Los Angeles. He started a custom soda shop entirely inspired by the idea that every one of us needs a pick-me-up. I wanted to learn why he believes in the power of brand experience, what he does to create it, and how it's helped him thrive. All over tacos. It really doesn't get much better than this. Yeah, she's sorry. bringing it right in. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. Chips and guacamole. Uh-huh. Um, this is the one with sour cream inside. Awesome. And vampiro with piña. Thank you. Hey, Enjoy. thank you so much. Dude, I am so pumped so this is a, this. So this is a taco. Well, okay, so this is their version, their of, version the, of, a taco. of the Al Pastor taco. So we've got cheese. Cheese. Pork. Oh, that's pineapple. pineapple. Yeah, yeah. Wait, you got more pineapple than I did. No, I think it's because you just flipped upside down. I, I know, I but I, I think no, I see you have plenty okay, of pineapple. So there's, <laughs> hey, I don't know. I was winking at it a little bit. So, um, uh, and then I so strongly recommend. I know this is like this is really important because this is like one of the best taco places in LA. Now is this going to be spicy? Uh, I don't think no. Okay, I don't think so, it's spicy. So keep Maybe going. you can add extra spice if you want. But you've got we. If you want to put guac on it, I highly recommend that. I would highly recommend liming it significantly. Um, and then this is so this taco right here won like best taco in LA for a couple of years. And, that, and you read and about that's how read I about found this, about it. So you read about them online. Yeah, when I first moved here, I'm like, I gotta find great tacos. Is this a chain, by the way? No, this is the only this one. Is the only owner. So do you know started, anything? Do you know anything about the owners? Yeah, yeah. Esdras is a great friend, um, and we've, we, ever since I started coming here, and I, I, when I first moved here, I started well, doing like, taco like, tours. Like five years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I started doing taco tours in LA, and we, we, that's why I brought dozens of people here over the years because everyone's always so happy. <laughs> I mean, he just, they just do an amazing job. So, the hot it's messy. This isn't the hottest, Did but you know I think it's the most flavorful. Hold on. So the vampiro, because it has this special garlic sauce. Oh, this, oh. Oh, yeah. The beans do. No, 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 the al pastor. This is just plain beans. Yeah, yeah, and they're good. Mm. Okay. So these guys make everything from like fresh from scratch. And, mm. So how come they haven't done another location? So they're growing to it. I mean, so my buddy Ezra's opened up. I started on the street. Um, You're saying that's how we started? That's how we started. Just a little taco on stand the on the yep, street. Totally. Okay. Developed this huge following, and then eventually got this spot here. Has been crazy successful here. He got on like been on several TV programs, and, so and then he opened up a full-service Mexican restaurant just down the road that's GQ recognized as like the, so what is the top 10 best new restaurants in America. That Marinade, is there sour cream in yours? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm interested in the pineapple too though. Mm -hmm. So the Alpastor Taco originated in Mexico City. It, the Lebanese immigrants to Mexico brought Lebanese. Lebanese. Okay. Because yeah. it's a. This is the way they do their. Their gyro sandwiches, the ones that they shave off the spit, the lamb. They brought that self cooking to Mexico in like the mid 1900s. Uh huh. And then Mexico City just did their spin on it. And they did pork and they did like the marinade with the pineapple on top and it's just been, been like. Yeah, it's crazy I've, I've never had a taco like this before. Uh -oh. I mean, it's great though. Mm -hmm. Whenever anyone comes to LA, they're like, where do we need to go? Let's go to Mexicali. Hmm. No, I'm impressed. Good. Well, eventually we'll, eventually we'll get to Mexico City. And then you'll, like, we're the birthplace of, of the Al Pastor. So you've traveled to Mexico a lot. How Americanized is this? Mm. 
besides my sour cream, but I added to it. <laughs> Americanized? This isn't really Americanized. So the pineapple thing must be a Lebanese thing, right? Mm. Mexican. Huh. Man, that looks good. Yep. What they really specialize here is the Baja style of taco, which has the cheese in it. Tacos don't typically have cheese. They'll just have like onion and cilantro. And then you add your salsa. Mm -hmm. Okay. But as Justin is, it's from Baja. His family's from Baja. And so it's just kind of that, that style. Ten of Tijuana style. So good. Mm. So the only taco place you've been to so far in LA, you're just moving here. Where, where I've moved to, there's this little taco stand that's sitting outside. Okay. And I've been there probably like at least... Which can sometimes be like hidden gems. Oh, perfect. I mean, I went there at least a, at least a dozen times. And like the last time I what went... Carne asada? Carne burrito. It's a big fat burrito. I mean, like heavy, like just packed full of food. And then the last time I went, it was like half the size. Okay. And it was it like totally ruined my experience. I'm like, here I was expecting my big fat burrito. And then I was like, wait a minute, like I'm only getting half my burrito now. This, you know, before like they drizzled a ton of sauce on it, this time they skimped the sauce. And so it's like, I haven't been back yet. all these corners. <laughs> so I felt like I was like, you guys had this awesome product. I mean, I was going there like every, you know, twice a week. Uh -huh. And now it's like, well shoot, like now, you know, there goes my, my big, my buck. But then now I've noticed they, they haven't been around lately. They're kind of hit and miss when they open up their shop on the side of the road. Maybe they're going through some tough times. Um, anyway, Sounds like it. Well, as a business, I understand like, all right, we gotta, we gotta be more, make, make, you know, make more profitable. It's even then, because they charge like, you know, five, six bucks for the burrito. I was like, oh shoot, like, these guys should be charging more for these burritos. Like, you know, mm -hmm. are gonna cost a good sold mm -hmm. um, and other things, so. Yeah, so I always, I always try to tip heavily if I can. <laughs> make it worth it for them. Mm -hmm. So you haven't found a replacement go-to yet? No. Okay. Well, I need to make sure and pass along like some of my recommendations. I mean, LA this is taco mecca in the United States. <laughs> I mean, I know Texas would I te Texas, Texas would disagree, <laughs> but there's like over five thousand taco places in Los Angeles in the greater LA area. So, how like these guys? Are they on social media? Yeah. Um, they can check their Facebook. Totally. Um, you know what they do? Facebook ads. I'm much crazy about that, like how, how people get the word of mouth out. Like you see some of their awards, like they've been featured on the cover of some of the magazines and gotten awards about best best taco in LA, etc. Um, Is it because of this taco specifically? This one, yeah. They just have developed over the years a really loyal following, and that following then brings, you know, they bring all their oh, friends, yeah. and you know. Yeah, word of mouth is like, yeah, pretty. this is really good. I'm getting full though. I could have done two. No, tacos. I know, I know. It's well, and this guy was telling me about their cauliflower taco. He says it's really amazing. Cauliflower taco? <laughs> I know. All right, I don't like cauliflower, but I have to try it. <laughs> I've got the goal already. You are in the land of milk and honey, my friend. The tacos? Yeah, I'm so excited how for often, you to be here. How often do we tacos? How often do I eat tacos? I don't know. I mean, obviously, but well, later on, you. The other day you had one of your taco shirts on, <laughs> so I never know. <laughs> I don't all the time. I mean, as much as I can. All right, so if you're the taco expert, you have the perfect taco recipe. I don't make them. <laughs> you don't make them. No. You only consume I them. I appreciate it. Consume. Um, I, just, I don't see any reason why I need to learn how to make them. I'm curious, but... That's interesting. I would much rather, like appreciate someone's creation instead of figuring out for me yeah, what is what's like the best thing like because I, I think there's different times that I appreciate different flavor combinations and so you can tell people where to go you can tell people how to actually how to make the perfect taco how to dress the perfect taco absolutely yeah. um, <laughs> how to make it like I leave it up to the experts yeah the cookie okay no I get it you know that makes sense yeah so I'd much rather because it's it's a it's a process. You got to marinate the meat, yeah. Cook it. I mean, I have very specific ways that I like it cooked, and I like to eat them. But I leave it up to the experts. I just appreciate like having variety, and 
I mean, I love cooking, but... Now you scarf that down. Impressive. Well done, man. That was good. I liked it. You're full for now. For two hours. <laughs> but now that I know this is here... Um, all right, so besides this taco, what else is worth it on the, on the menu? Or is this something you've been... You've, no, the other thing that I normally get, if it's like I'm hungry, I'll, I'll get the Vampiro up a store, mm -hmm. and then I'll get the cachetada, which is the slap in the Do face. they have English words for this? Because, like, I'm going to come back and be like, I have no, no yeah, that's what they have pictures. Oh, God, they bought the picture, but okay. <laughs> Makes sense. The cachetada is the, is, is the tostada with, um, with, like, either, I either get it with carne asada or chicken, grilled chicken. Mm -hmm. Delicious. It's they call it cachetada is a slap in the face. So it's called it's slap a, in the yeah, face. Yeah. So, <laughs> so if I walk up there and say I want a slap in the I face, she's like, okay, I gotcha. Well, maybe. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> or were they like slap me in the face? Cachetada. <laughs> yeah. It's so great to be here. Mm -hmm. And uh, first of all, introduce you to some amazing tacos yeah, that impressed. are just down the street from where you're living. You can obviously come back as much as you want. Really excited to hear about you and what it is that you do with, like what, like your journey with Pick Me Up, and it's been several years now. It's been two and years. So this is this is like a newer entrepreneurial journey for you. Basically, so my, what's the background? So, so my what, so my entire background with like with my career was you know construction construction management. The economy tanked. Went back, got my CPA license. Did that for a few years, went through a merger, and during that merger process, my job got eliminated. So there's because within the hour of like that notice, like, hey, your job's are being terminated, you know, I decided, do I go look for another job or am I gonna do the entrepreneur route? Within the hour, I was like, entrepreneur. And so that's where, I, so I called up my family and said, hey guys, I got laid off an hour ago, but I've decided I'm gonna, I'm gonna move back to Idaho and I'm gonna open up a, a soda shop. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't have any cash flow now, but we'll, somehow we'll, uh, we'll make it work. So anyways, yeah, that was, that was December 2015. So yes, we've been open now two years, and it's been an awesome experience. And the reason, and how it all came about was, so I had my business, my, one of my coworkers, Peter, one of my, my buddies there, he, he does branding, and so I approached him and said, hey, can I hire you to, to figure out my branding for the, the soda shop thing that's going to be called uh, Pick me up, and so as we were kind of formulating this, he was like, you know, like this sounds like an awesome business experience. Rather than hiring me, I want to be a business partner. Like this sounds like an awesome experience. Brought him in, so we both opened up Pick Me Up together, and we wanted to make sure it wasn't just an experience where someone orders a soda, orders a cookie, and leaves. Because I mean, frankly, anybody can sell a soda. The barrier to entry is super easy. We wanted to make sure when people came, they were literally having a Pick Me Up experience. Mm. And so I remember during that dry, uh, uh, dry eraser board, and I wrote out like everything what that looks like. So when a customer, from where the customer pulls up, the whole journey, well, the whole thing okay. from order, pick up, leave, and then even for like, right, how do I motivate my employees? Like, what's going through their process? How long are they working there? Pick me up. How how does the experience of pick me up, you know, transform for their next career? Because I mean, honestly, you know, we're, we're hiring like high school kids, college kids. They're not going to be, you know, working at Soda Shop for like the next like 15 years. We want to make sure that they're training for their next step. So just all that was being incorporated to how we, you know, yeah. set up Pick Me Up and the customer experience. So what about the name? Like just with that, like Pick what is I that? love the name. I love, yeah. love, love. It's amazing. What's but so what, what's that all about? Like what's so, the background? So how Pick how the name came about? So yeah, you know, it was Tuesday morning when we got, you know, when yeah. all 150 of us got terminated through the merger. And so, you know, we all go home, you know, we took the day off and, you know, we're all texting each other and someone had said, hey, we're all going to go down and get, and get drinks or whatever and get some food. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I could use a picnic right now. And so that's where the term... And you literally said that. Yeah. In my, in my mind, I thought, yeah, oh, I could use a picnic right that. now. Yeah. yeah. And so that's where that term came from. It was interesting because, I, you know, as Peter and I were working on the branding, we, we had some other names pop up for the soda shop. Maybe not Pick Me Up, maybe some other names. I ran them by some some women who were definitely going to be our, our demographic choice. Absolutely not. Like, it has to be Pick Me Up. Listen, like, I, I don't want to say to my friends or my girlfriends, you know, I'm going to this place. Like, I want to say I'm going to get a Pick Me Up. And so I went with Peter. I was like, we have to stick with the name Pick Me Up. And it's been an awesome branding experience where people like have played off it that, yeah, I'm going to get a Pick Me Up and say through the customer experience, yeah, yeah. getting a, a Pick But so why is that like you could do anything? I mean, you decided to do a soda business. 
but you could have done anything and you could have also named it anything but Correct. you decided to name it Pick Me Up. Why do you care about creating something that well, is literally a pick me, pick me up for people as opposed to just a great soda shop? Also, you know, I think a lot of, for me, it's just my own personal experience. Having, not necessarily like a difficult life, but you know, having like going through my mother's suicide and other things where you realize like life's hard, but we're interacting with people every day and how do we interact with people where we're adding value to the world? And so as I was thinking about like coming to pick me up or you know, the branding for it, realizing that it cannot be transactional. Mm. Each individual person has the, the ability to lift people's spirits, add value in that interaction. Mm. And, and so the hard part for us has been even like, as I have taken my own experiences and putting it into pick me up, getting my employees to catch that vision. Because hmm. you, you can train anyone to like make a soda, you can train them to like different tasks. Do the stuff. Yeah, yeah, but it's a completely different animal when you're trying to help them develop their empathy skills. Hmm. You know, because I tell my employees, like, the, like, they're not allowed to say, hey, welcome to pick me up, can I take your order? I'm like, that's one of the worst things you could say to someone. When, they, when our customers pull up, hopefully they've come enough where we know their first name, but we're conversing with them. And so like, we don't hire baristas, we don't hire mixologists, we hire conversational specialists. Right, yeah, I want to talk and, to you about that because that's and it's super so, unique. Well, it is, especially yeah. for high school kids because in our training and what I'm trying to instill with them, it can be intimidating for like, you know, a 17-year-old kid to have a conversation with a 50-year-old lawyer you know, or whoever's coming sure. through. Yeah. And so when they see like my interaction, like so basically the tone that I set as as, as the, the the owner, you know, and helping them see that you know it's okay to joke around, it's okay to like sometimes laugh or cry with our sure. customers. So basically, so it gives them the permission to kind of experiment with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember as I was coaching one of my employees, he was like, "I was surprised you complimented the man on his truck." And I was like, "Why not? Like he had like he had like a badass truck." It was like <laughs> jacked thing because the guy pulled up. I was like, "Someday I hope to make what you make so I can I can afford the truck you make." You know, when <laughs> we talk. But it's just little things like that. It's rather like than broke being like, down this barrier and oh, you're absolutely. like human now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's, but you're often seeing this to be the hardest part though, is find that balance of like, because sometimes we'll have like nine, 10, 11 cars in line. Right. So you're trying to connect with the customer, but you got to keep that line flowing through. Because right. then you have people who are pissed because they're waiting for so long and then people leave. And that's been our greatest challenge is how do we mm. still connect? but still make things so inefficient, timely manners, reading customers through. Because again, like getting the numbers through to like, you know, to be profitable, so you can pay your employees and you know be in business, but also you know provide, provide products. Sorry, I'm like diary. And you also here. no 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 and you also anyways, go ahead. and you also you also have the goal to do like to be through or to get people through the line in like under three minutes. It's like right? We try to or is that that's yeah, you try to, but you know, but it's hard to say that. how do you how do you how do you negotiate that where like you said, you want to connect on a meaningful level with your customers, um, but you also need to be concerned about well, profitability. Well, and part of the thing efficiency. is like, well, kind of like a three-point, a three-point type system. Yeah. So we have, you know, our one employee is going out. The, so you know, we have, so to answer your question about like how do you manage that time system, I guess the first point is most customers, you know, are aware enough to be like, oh, there's like ten cars behind me, like I can't have this like. 10 minute conversation. conversation. Yeah. So we have a three point system where, you know, we have someone walking the line, taking the order, and that's our best opportunity to actually chew the fat with the customer. First point is rather uh, taking their order on the iPad. Second point is when they, when they come around, we give them their cookies. And then the third point is when they actually like, we actually handle the product. And that is to me like, that's our, that moment. Well, the first contact we were out there talking to them, that's like, that's how we, I guess there's two ways we try to differentiate pick me up from like a standard drive-through experience. This is one, we don't say welcome to pick up, can take your order, <coughs> but rather as how can we compliment or interact with the customer in a different way. Yeah. And then the final way is when we, when we say goodbye. And what I call, it's called, um, Power in the pause. Yeah, I want to ask you. I want and you now Simon Sinek. Yeah, all right, Sinek. He had some. I can't remember what it was called. He didn't call it power in the pause. Okay. I mean that's what, what what we call this. And so power in the pause is again you're you're serving like so many customers through in, in an hour, and that last touch point is when we can finally like really like have this like intimate moment, and you know we've taken the cup, we've cleaned it off, we handed them all out, 
And then what we train our employees to do is we actually we put our hands on the windowsill to show that we're fully facing the, the, the customer. Focused, engaged, Focus, yep. yeah. And we get their attention and then we pause. Whether it's like, hey guys, you know, we, we, we get down get down the window, like yeah, yeah. lean out. And we pause because, you know, too many times, you know, I'm sure you've been through a drive through experience and they like, all right guys, like, they hand your drink, have a good day. And they close the window as you're driving, you know. But to really, like, where you stop and get their attention, you lean out the window, like, it causes everyone in the car to be like, wait a minute, like, what's going on here? And then we say, again, some type of phrase like, drive like a bat out of hell, hope you have a great day. But again, it's just that final little, usually they say, it, it catches them off guard and they remember that. So is it, it, it the pause catches them off or it's the whole package? It's the whole package, yeah. it's getting their attention. But that pause, I mean, in human or interaction, even, it even works when you give someone a compliment. So for example, you're giving a compliment to one of your, one of your coworkers, like, hey, Mike, you did a great, great job today. But if you say, hey, Mike, you did a great job today. So even that like microsecond. Just that, well, yeah, just, the psychology behind it. When you give it that microsecond pause, people they focus more, and they're going to remember that rather than just like run on sentence. Yeah. And so yeah, it really does make a difference in the car. Um, say where we stop, put our hands, because you know we've had like again train our, our employees to be like we're not allowed to multitask when we're saying goodbye. Because too many times like they're still talking, trying to be like awesome. no, 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 we have to. When we're yeah. saying goodbye, they see our hands. We're fully focused. No multitasking. And yeah, it adds like maybe two seconds to the to them saying goodbye because customers remember that. And yeah. so like we were able to you know create this like solid following of customers yeah, yeah. come back every time. But and it's interesting because if you were able to ask our customers like what makes picking up different, they wouldn't say like oh it's the power of the pause. Like they gave my attention, they give that hard pause. Yeah. They wouldn't be able to put their finger on it. But they can say like, you know, it's just, I feel it when I go there. If that makes sense. Definitely, and I think that, I mean, that's one of the things I was gonna ask too, is like, what do you, what type of results do you see from the collective experience of all of this that you, all the crafting, it's all very deliberate. I mean, this is your thing. This is, you, you, well, you like. It gives us unique too, and again, in the drive-through is. designed everything very specifically. Yes. With the customer in well, mind. Well, I guess, that's, I guess even like how we designed it. <clears throat> so we specifically designed our little, I mean, my building is like 10 feet by 12 feet. Smaller than like your standard master bathroom. And we have a Coke machine, a Pepsi machine. <laughs> we have a 250 gallon water. I mean, we are packed in there. Yeah. But the thing is nice is we wanted to be able to fill up drinks and talk to the customer at the same time. And so it's great because we're talking to the customer, we're doing, they're doing their drink, and there's always these conversations going on. Because again, it's, and, and it's not just like, you know, we've had people where we're crying with them, laughing with them, and it's interesting. So, you know, I felt like we were kind of missing the mark on our customer experience, so I, I brought in a consultant. I said, hey, will you come in and do an early morning training with my team? And they had worked at some of these other like larger chain stores that had been known for customer experience. And this consultant said, you know what, you guys need to be like super positive and just fun and full of energy. And, and she gave us all these examples. And I just sat there and I watched my team's, you know, response to this consultant that we brought in. And after she left, I was like, all right guys, like, so what did you think of this? And they're like, we don't feel good about any of it. And I was like, thank you. Because I feel like in so much in customer experience, we feel like we need people to be like upbeat, positive. I was like, no, I want you guys to be yourself. Because there are some customers come through, the last thing they want is some bubbly like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be like, you know. And so we try to have, we hire people who can connect with their personality. So they don't necessarily have to be the, the biggest like extrovert, off the wall crazy fun, but can they read people's energy and connect? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like some experience that I think of. We had one, one customer come, and most of the time I hear about these experiences through social media, people respond back and hey, I went to pick me up today, this is what happened. Yeah. So one woman had shared that she was having a really hard day and she was trying not to cry. She went through our drive-through and she says, your employee, you know, I think she, she must have sensed I was having a bad day and I went to pay. She said, don't worry, it's on the house today. She's like, I drove home and I cried. Like, like, was it the best thing? And so, you know, I found who it was. She's like, so talk to my employees. I like, to, to one of my employees, I said, how'd you guys know she's about to cry? She's like, I just kind of sense that she's kind of having a bad day, so I didn't charge her. That's how we, Boom. oh yeah, she was experiences. Oh. Or, you know, I remember we had this, the, the soccer mom was driving, it was, you know, she had her four girls in the back seat, and, and they all looked like, like junior high age. You know, I gave them their drinks to get that power in the pot, so you get down leaning. I was like, wait a minute, like, what are you guys all doing out, like, getting drinks today? 
And the mom like looks in the back seat and she's like, these four girls, like they all ran for student government and they all lost. And I was like, I ran for student government and I lost. I was like, it totally sucks. And they're like, the girl in the back, like, she's crying, she's like, she's like in tears. <laughs> I was like, hold on. So I go back and I grab like four cookies, like here's some extra cookies for you guys. Like, it totally sucks. And I know it's like, that little experience like spread. The people are like, oh my gosh, about that picking up guy, like they gave him like free drink, you know, free cookies for those girls who lost their food. And so it's like trying to, you know, through my own example, but also with my like employees, like it's okay to like be real with our customers. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, that totally happened to me. Yeah. It totally sucked. But and I think that I think that that's like I mean that's such a tribute to what you've created in the sense that I mean multiple angles there. The fact that your team member felt empowered all that they were able to recognize that someone was yeah. maybe having a bad day didn't even address it it's like oh you look like you're having a bad day which also could be really awkward but just sensed it and then was empowered to actually oh, yeah. like you've obviously trained them and set up this culture of feel free to like delight and surprise our customers oh, yeah. with whatever whatever they need give them cookies when they lose student council if they're having a bad day compliment their soda you know, yeah. it's more, and I think that there's a there's a tremendous power in that because you've you're what you're doing is you're acknowledging the humanity mm -hmm. of someone on the other end, yeah. and I think that that's what's there's so much of that missing in all of the thousands mm -hmm. of customer interactions that we have every day. People are just you know they're looking at each other as a transaction mm -hmm. instead of this opportunity to connect. And so, well, the thing, the thing that makes pickup unique, like for example, let's say if I was to like take my business, my this customer experience, and take it to McDonald's, it'd be more difficult at McDonald's because McDonald's, like again, it's it's a volumes game, and where they they're talking through the microphone, you drive forward, they swipe your card. I mean, they get you in and out so fast, at McDonald's, you know. And I mean, we're not, we can't be that fast, you know, in our current current setup. But how we've designed the customer experience, where again, someone takes your order. We're interacting with them for the first, you know, 15, 20 seconds about their day, when they we hand on their order, you know, and we say, and even when we're making the drink, so we have a lot of touch points that really add to that customer experience. Yeah, and and I mean, you and I have had lots of conversations about how important that like high level, uh, well designed customer and brand experience mm -hmm. is. Why do you think that most? Like the vast majority of people don't get it. Like, like businesses, what, yeah. businesses, leaders. What is it that? <laughs> why? Why is there this huge gap when, when, when you see results like you're talking about? You guys have grown and been wildly successful. <laughs> I got a funny story. Okay. So, you know, I had a, a local business reached out to me for for some advice on their social media campaigns. And so, you know, I sat down with them, he pulled up their Facebook account, and I said, well, let me go and look through your reviews. He's like, oh, we don't do reviews anymore. I turned those off. And I was like, those are those to be kind of powerful. And so he showed me what had happened was, customer went through, through his, his, his food establishment and didn't like the experience. They went on to their Facebook and gave them a one-star review. So the business owner gets on the Facebook and says, hey, I understand my employees make mistakes, but really a one-star question mark? And I, <laughs> oh yeah, it just gets ugly. And so this customer and this bit and this owner just go back and forth oh, on, no. the, on the public, public page. Banter. Oh yeah. Right. And so finally he, he ended it with some like snide remark. And so this woman within like 24 hours had like 40 friends go on his Facebook. Skewer. Oh, like yeah. Flat out lies, which is completely up, wrong, unethical. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, but again the this this business owner said like, you know, I will never let a customer take advantage of me. And I'm like, you know what, you screwed up. Lack for a better word, like kiss the customer's butt, but I was like, you can't recover from that. And it's amazing how that experience for him like spread like wildfire. Yeah. But it completely different if you said, oh my gosh, I am so sorry at that experience. Come back, we'll make it right. Or even like, you know, let me give you coupons and give credit to my competitor to you. Like, do whatever you can to save, to like make things better rather than like. Well, I remember, so a couple, it was probably a couple of months ago, we got, I got this notification on a Friday night. We got a one star Yelp review for, for churros mm -hmm. in, in Utah. I was like, wah, I'm like having a heart attack. I know, I like, what? What it was like panic. I know, I was like, what? Oh no, 
what went wrong, which things go wrong, you yeah. know, like you have to acknowledge that's a reality. And so I read it and, he's, and he says, you know, I, I had, um, we went out of our way to go there. It took half an hour for us to get there. Went with the whole family. We've heard so many great things, blah, blah, blah. And we got there and your team member was late and then the oil wasn't heating up properly. And so then we had to wait up even extra long and then we got them and they weren't really that good because they were the first batch or whatever anyway so so like just terrible and i'm like ah! so i responded right there i'm like i am so sorry this is not yeah. normal practice we you know we're we're normally there ahead of time i'm so sorry that you went out of your way i'm so sorry that the churros weren't great i'm so sorry that well yeah. i just stumbling over myself apologizing and i'm like please give us a chance to make it right like, what can I do? I'll take you churros right now. Where are you at home? I'll bring you churros right now. Um, or whatever. Like, because he expressed that he's like, we just really needed a churro in this moment. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, so how'd you fix it? He, so he wrote back and he, he said, gosh, thanks so much for writing back. We we're really disappointed. I mean, you don't have to do that, but, you know, we do live in Highland or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, great. I'll bring you churros. What do you want? Send me your phone number and we'll coordinate. So I called him back and forth. I was an hour away. And I'm like, I'll bring you churros. They may not be the hottest, most like ideal, optimal churros, but I will make them myself and they're gonna be great. So just hang on there, or hang in there and I'll be there. So, so I took him the churros, sure enough, went to their home, took him the churros, had the greatest conversation with these guys. He's also an entrepreneur, yeah. actually at the soda shop, <laughs> ironically <laughs> enough. And, and, uh, and he's like, I get it, things go wrong. Yeah. Like you have bad moments and I really appreciate you going the extra mile to come and bring yeah. me here. So as I'm, you know, we had, honestly, I was there for like half an hour talking. Yeah. They're just great people. I got in my car and as I was driving away, I got the notification and he had taken down his <laughs> one star and posted a five star. Oh, good. And now, is that going to happen every time? I've also done that with other, with like we have a couple yeah. of other one star reviews where things have gone wrong. And I've responded in similar ways, and it doesn't always. There's Correct. no, not always a happy yeah. ending. But the, your point is well taken. It's just you have to realize that there is another human being on the line, on the other side. Yeah. That they have opinions. They are welcome to express them, and we just have to empathize and do our best to right the wrong. Like if it was wrong, accept that it was wrong, and do what you can to to remedy it. Even with my my employees. <coughs> One thing I've learned is for customer complaints, like for us, we respond back ASAP. Yeah, for sure. And I hate to always have my phone on me, but it is so critical. Someone's like, oh my gosh, like within five minutes, like we're, we're like responding back. They're just like blown out of the water. Right. You know, and sometimes, you know, I go back to the team and say, hey, guys, this just happened. What's your side of the story? And they're sometimes like, all right, maybe the, the customer had, had exaggerated or like maybe they were having a bad day. Maybe it wasn't justified in what they said. So trying to help my employees, like, you know what, this is your perspective, but this is also the customer's perspective. Right. And they said they had a better experience, and we have to go with that. Even though maybe you did everything perfect, and no matter what we did, it would always be wrong in that customer's eyes, we have to look at it from their perspective yeah. and, and go with that. Well, and the customer's voice is now amplified, right? Yeah. So it, what, if whatever they're posting publicly on Facebook, Google, mm -hmm. Yelp, whatever, it reaches thousands. You're also a numbers guy, results driven. Yes. So how Very is much this, so. Yeah, so how <laughs> yes. in the world does this translate to business results? I mean, because oftentimes, I mean, this is a little bit extra money, it's extra effort, you're training your team, you're setting up expectations, all of this is, it could feel, from a business leader's perspective, like it's extra stuff. So what, it, what, how, what is that? Well, how do you how well, do you it, do just, deal with that? Well, yeah. just, it goes back to the common mantra that it costs it costs more you know it costs more to acquire a new customer than to, to keep a customer, right? Yeah. And so, even though it may take a little bit more time, I mean that's where we make our money. And that's what, you know it's not you know a customer who comes once a year. Yeah. It's our customers who come three or four times a week, and they come because we know their name. Or you know we have we have our, our security cameras and so our team can see the cars pulling up. And they see like oh it's so and so pull out that drink bottle and they have it. So when they pull up like hey hey Mark we have your have your diet Mountain Dew sugar free coconut lime right here ready for you and they're just like I love it. <laughs> and you know even then like so our you know pick me up one of the kind of the coolest things I love about our drive through is because of our location in our small building 
we're probably the only we're the only drive-through in our town that UPS, FedEx, a school bus, ambulance. Oh. We're the only drive-through those people can fit through. <laughs> so anyway, so these oh yeah, semis can come through. through. Yeah. So Do uh, the biggest rig we had was some um, commercial, like, agricultural sprayer, which is like this massive machine, like, came through. I'm sorry, not to, like, detract, but just kind of, kind of like, funny experience that's amazing. about that. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. You, like, you've, that's one of the things that I appreciate about what you've designed and how deliberate that you've been and mm -hmm. everything is that the, the customer and brand experience is really fully integrated into every business decision that you've made. Like you're talking about the design of the actual physical location and and and, and the organizational structure of where you're putting your team yeah. and and the logistics of like at this point they're doing they're getting cookies at this point they're you know and then the actual physical mm -hmm. interaction and experience like everything from leaning through the window and all those little details. How important are those like? Micro, like all well, of that interesting with all those things is like we'll be doing something, and I'll be like, all right, we've we've got the system designed perfect. We'll hire some like you know a 17 year old high school kid. He comes in and he changes something. Oh my gosh, that's genius! Like why did none of us like think about that? It's like constantly looking for all the inside. We have like revamped that thing like 10 times. Yeah, you know, kind of nervous because again, it's 10 fine tuning. Yeah, like it's 10 feet by 12 feet, and so kind of, okay, we have stuff on the walls and more space yeah. here. But for us to be more efficient, we actually made it even smaller inside. Mm. So rather than people have to walk like four steps or five steps. Now they just turn around and get their thing. Yeah. And so when the, the team first saw like, oh my gosh, this is very claustrophobic, can we do that? But now they've been like, I, I, they love it 10 times better. Interesting. They're more efficient, yeah. But again, that goes to like, this, is, this informs all of the decisions that you're making about how the business is run. Correct. Not just like, it's not like compartmentalized into, this is customer service. It's in the complete design for everything. Well, we're so small. I mean, maybe if we're like a behemoth, like, you know, we have like 2,000 locations, but, you know, we're so small and we're, you know, constantly taking feedback from our customers, my employees, because like when I do my one-on-one, -on -one, like, what's some things, aspects about your job that you absolutely hate? Mm -hmm. And how do you think we can fix it? Yeah. And there's been a lot of things like, I wish we had this or that, and I'm like, all right, let's do it. Like, boom, boom, boom. Like, here's You're the nimble. card. You can you just fix make it. those yeah. changes. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to go, I want to go back to Power of the Pause mm -hmm. for a second. Because I remember our conversation when you first told me about this, and I'm like, I'm, I'm going to try this. I think I had an event that, that night that I was doing. We were doing churros. We were catering an event. And so I tried it out, and it was so amazing. Okay, I think you see it like operative backfire in your face. Okay. No, it was so awesome mm -hmm. to see. You're exactly right. Like, I experienced it firsthand, and I, you know, I handed someone the churro, and I'm like, so hey. Mm -hmm. I just yeah, paused for, like, for a and moment. I'm like, hey, it puts them on their like, seat. Wait, what? What? And uh -huh. I'm like, I really hope you enjoy the salt on this mm -hmm. on this dulce de leche. Or feel like I'm like, like I, I mean, it, it could have been anything. I just that's the first thing that came to mind. But I did it throughout the whole night, uh -huh. and it was so fun to see how responsive and how much it got someone's uh -huh. attention. And and they there was this like really small moment of delight. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. See, it, it works great with when you're giving compliments to someone. Yeah. The best thing. Yeah. So you'd rather just I run in the middle like blah 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 blah. But you can just like stop. And even like you know, with a pick me up, where we try to do a creative like, like kind of my go-to is like drive like, hey you guys, drive like a bat out of hell, but don't get caught, or like something like that that just makes something, something like fun, lighthearted. Yeah. yeah. That's mm -hmm. awesome. I know that wow is important to you. No, I want, I, like, what examples do you have of WOW where you guys have gone above and beyond to surprise and delight where someone's just been I think wowed. the most time we've been wowed is when we show up to people's homes. So what's that all about? Well, like, I mean, what drive-through is going to, like, when we've, like, made mistakes, I'm like, sorry, guys, like, we, like, screwed that up. Like, get in your car. A customer came through at, like, 15 minutes before close, I think on a Saturday night, and we didn't have, like, enough product made it's, like, you know, because we try to like, you know, get that last product. So our employees said like, sorry, like we don't have any stuff for you. Like, we're, you know, that's the weekend. We don't have that until Monday. So the customer messaged me and said, hey, I, I drove all the way across town to get this. Your customers turned me down. Like, I, I was like disappointed. And so I got that. I'm like, oh my God. I mean, like when I got that message, I was at the gym. So I called my employees. I was like, guys, it's like, sorry, I probably went too fast. So I immediately called my team and said, get a dozen cookies. Here's their address. 
you go, you go knock. I said, I don't want you to knock on the door because it's like 10.30 at night right now. But go drop these off and I will message them and say, hey, we're sorry right about away. this. Well, yeah. And so anyway, oh yeah, they were like, wow. Home deliveries just have been wowing people. Oh, I guess here's one thing we do. Okay. Um, we have a, a box of blank uh, envelopes. Like, uh, not apology letters, not just like, like they're blank thank you cards. They don't say anything, it's just blank cards. So whenever we have a bad customer experience, what I do is I screenshot it, because you usually I hear about it through social media. I screenshot it and I send it to, the, to my team who was working and said, hey, we just got this. I need you to write an apology letter to the customer, throw two gift mm. cards in there, mm. and, then, and then I make them like, you know, screenshot the, or take a picture of the letter to make sure it looks good, it sounds good. And then once that's done, then I message the employee. Mm. The customer back said, hey, we are so sorry. Come back tomorrow, ask for your name, like a card with your name. Yeah. And that has been huge. Huh. And so yeah, and it, cool. but making sure it's easy that we have those cards already there to write those apology Again, notes. the systems are in place yeah. to yeah. deliver, yeah. wow. Mm -hmm. And then it holds the, the employee accountable, like, you have, you screwed up, you have to apologize to the customer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and, and th then they're more likely the next time to, to take a little bit more initiative, yeah. have a little bit more ownership of the entire See, See, the hard thing, too, with all that, because, like, you know, for me, you know, where I employ high school kids, college kids, the high school kids, I'm their first employer. And so a lot of times people are like, oh, you should fire that person. You're like, no, because, like, I can... This is a learning experience for them as well. And so even trying to help like our customers are like, yeah, like they, they screwed up, these high school kids, but like again, like this is a stepping stone for helping them and their own things. Yeah. That's been part of my challenge. Yeah. Is you know, train the high school, you know, the younger generation, younger kids to, you know, be mature, like no, you you know, I remember like when this lady ordered like two dozen cookies and the kid's like, here ma'am, here's your buttload of cookies. I was like, you know what, you can't say buttload of cookies to a woman who orders her cookies. Like, she's probably self-conscious about the order two dozen. She's like, hey man, like, here's these cookies, hope you enjoy them, you know? It's amazing, like, you really have to be there to, like, hear the conversations. Because right. you're preaching the choir here, but, yeah. As you have one location, one location. looking to, you know, if someone that's starting their own business, um, that's looking to, to grow like you are, or someone that already has a business that's super large. Um, they may have, I talked to someone the other day, 500,000 customers they have. Like, wow. So they're, they're looking at millions of interactions mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah. So what does this level, how does this level of personalized touch, how, how would you tackle that at that level of scale? I think it's, I don't know, as I look to like, for example, like, you know, everyone, you know, talks about like Chick-fil-A and how awesome their customer experience is. Me, like, I hate Chick-fil-A's customer experience. Like, honestly, like, I hate that I cannot see their personalities. Oh, so it seems a little bit... It's too robotic panned. for me. Yeah, it's just like my pleasure. And I'm like, ah, oh, will you please say something different? I know it's like kind of their thing. It's me their like brand trademark. Yeah, but it's their yeah. brand trademark, but I want to see some authenticity. I want to see some like honest. For example, I hate when I go into to best. Again, you're talking about customer experience, but they always have that person who sits at the very front desk. And when you walk in, you walk, you know, so the person's, their back is to the front door. So when you walk in, now they're talking to my back. And the first thing they're like, hey, like, welcome to the desk spot. I'm like, it's almost like they throw like a, a, a dagger in my back. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, oh, hi, like. By the way. Yeah, and I'm like, what they need to do is like, again, you're talking about these big companies, if they took that desk and flip it the other way, so they saw me walking in, and again, get away from like, welcome to Best Buy, rather than like, hey, how's it going today? Like, really, say, I started to give like a blanket statement so what everybody could do. Well, and it seems like that's where the, the companies that really figure out how to get personal um, and be authentic are, we're living in a world where authenticity is, is valued highly because we don't get much of it. Yeah. Right? Like we're so hyper-connected, we're so, uh, we're, we're bombarded with all sorts of less than meaningful interactions, you know? And it feels like if, if brands and companies can be inspired to create levels of authenticity like you have talked about, where we're connecting with, in a very real way with people, that, that, that could help them thrive in ways that they've never seen before. You know? Like, see, now, see, now you say that, almost like I have a little panic attack. I'm like, oh my gosh, but like some of these like, large organizations, like, 
are they able to like find the talent? Meaning, the like, people to actually people, make it happen. Yeah, the people who had the ability to read yeah. social skills. Yeah. So, I've had, you know, years ago, do like when we hire someone, we do a 30 day trial period. Because people can like interview okay and everything, right. be charismatic, but when it comes down to the face to face, can they, can they know when to shut up? And they know when to laugh. They know when to like. You know, I can tell this person. Social awareness. Yeah. For example, I, I went and got a haircut the other day, and all the cues. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> so all the cues I gave, I gave to this. I mean, she walks in. She has my haircut. Yeah. I just want to trim, and that's all you know. And I, I put my head on, close my eyes. I mean, all my body language was, I just want to sit here in silent, just cut my hair. She talked to your. She kept talking, and I was like, I mean, I gave like short. Not to be rude, but I gave like short. Yes, no answers. Kept my head down. Went, went. And she kept going. She maybe going. thought you were praying or something. And I just, no, like, she did it. I, I, it's just going like, I was like, I will give you, I want, I want to say, like, if you stop talking, I will, give, I will double your tip. If you just let, I just want to sit here in silence. Right, right. And so, you know, and my team is finally, they, they're getting that now to where some customers don't want to talk about that. They, they really just want their soda and to be gone. And that's okay. Like, we like, that's why when I said to be that consultant comments that we always need to be hyper and like fun and energy is like, no, like, we don't always want to be happy and hyper energetic. Like, we want to read that custom, that person's energy, yeah. you know, and like, and Mirror. respond accordingly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's awesome. But say, it's, you can't like, you can help people, say, you can't like, train, you know, help them get it, but it's almost like develop it. Yeah. So if at some point, I'm like, you just, we gotta let you go. Like, you just can't get that human, where some, you know, but we have some who are like, you know, kind of sucks, but you know, they're able to like, you know, work with them, coach them, and like develop them better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, that empathy, and, you know, social skills, reading people. Well, I even think like on a, on a grand scale, uh, it seems like if you, if you can, if you can develop internal culture that values those sorts of things, mm -hmm. and then that helps inform all of your decisions when, when you're hiring, when you're designing physical spaces, yeah. when you're when you're designing your you know your job descriptions, mm -hmm. um, your trainings, everything like that. It could really have a tremendous impact on on like the type and quality of experience that you're creating for customers. Yeah, I remember when uh, you got laid off from glasses mm -hmm. and I also remember what happened very shortly after that uh, you had this giant box of candy from Costco bags oh, yes, of candy yes, 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 yes. and a stack of thank you notes for the people who are taking my job basically this yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Know, Tell crazy. me about this. Yeah, so here it was, you know, I was, we were a small company. We were acquired by a behemoth company. So basically, like, my job was now being, like, splintered up to, like, different parts of the organization. But these were people who I had worked with for two years. And so, anyways, yeah, I bought um, two... No, so two 50-pound boxes. So I was so I mailed a hundred pounds of can like candies and stuff. But basically, anyone who I had worked with with that organization for the past two years, I, I sent them a handwritten thank you card. Said, "Hey, have this candy or whatever." Um, yeah, that's what I did. But what's that all about? Like, why did you do that? You were just laid off. They're taking your job. I know. What I know. is this all about? They take my job. Like. What, right, what, right, what, right, 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 right. One thing, so the people who are now taking my job, like my job's now getting dispersed throughout the organization, they were not the powers to be. I mean, they're trying to support their own families and everything else, so like they're not to blame. But I had worked with them for the past two years. So I had a relationship with them and I did enjoy working with them. And so yeah, like, even though like it was through a merger, my job's getting eliminated, like, I felt like I not owed them, but like I wanted to say, hey, I appreciated the friendships we created working together for two years. Yeah, and so I try, rather than send like a mass email, thanks guys, it's been real, catching the flip side, it was like, no, like. Which is standard. Yeah, it was like, hey, Janet, thank you for like, I, screw, I remember I was screwing up this report, I'm sorry, thanks for, you know, just all those things. And so yeah, when I sent that box, yeah, I kind of like, word got out, like, oh my gosh, that guy, like, you know, we canned or that merger, like, wow, like, this is awesome. Because again, like, and I know then too that those people who got those thank, thank you cards, those, you know, two, you know, 100 pounds of candy, like, they'll remember that. Because it's, it's so, it's not, not saying it's like so out of the ordinary, but it's, it's not 
or nervous. I've someone. never heard of anything like that. I guess like through a layoff, but yeah. I mean, I think that more than anything else, it talks to your character and the type of type of person that you want to be, and how you how much you value human interaction and and connection and uh, and really want to make sure that people feel appreciated that they're a part of your life. And so, I uh, I love I've shared that example. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. And, and I love and I love I remember seeing it. I don't even know if you know this, but I took a picture of it. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like through my stuff. This is yeah, totally. I'm like I'm like this is too unbelievable. Who does this? I mean, I just think that there's it's fun to see that now translate into your that mentality of care for each other for human beings well, it's also great too and so now like, see that translated into your business and whatever else you do in the future so well that's like i think just like that thing that i did is great advice for anybody so when i remember i did my internship so you know it was in an accounting firm it was after four months t tax season you know and Businesses, you know, they see so many interns, they forget interns. You know, you're not like a memorable intern, especially at, a, at an accounting firm. They have so many tax accountants, and so you know, the, the group that I was, you know, the, the firm that I was with, same thing. I wrote all handwritten thank you notes, but then I went and bought large cinnamon rolls made for each person. And I remembered, like, okay, I know staff meeting will be at this time. So, you know, I strategically planned right, right, right. when the cinnamon rolls will be delivered, all sure. the thank you cards. But it's that. But the thing is, though, is, like, years down the road when I needed a letter, you know, background check, whatever, like, oh, Josh Hill, oh, yeah, we remember him. Mm -hmm. You know, so it just helps people, yeah. you know, differentiate you from other people rather yeah. than, like, again, blank, you know, mass email. Thanks, everybody. It's been real. Yeah. Well, I think that all of us have, regardless of whether we've started a company or an organization, or um, all of us really are brand stewards over our family brand, mm -hmm. over our personal brand. Like you said, people are always going to remember, I got some candy when this guy got yeah. laid off and a personal thank you note and whatever the thank you note said, but yeah. it was, they will remember that always and that will be a reflection on yeah. your personal brand. This guy really cares, he's thoughtful, you know, and he went the extra mile to make sure that I was appreciated, even when he was let go. You know, it kind of reminds me of um, recently with the World Cup, Japan lost. Oh yes, you know, that, you know. I read an article about it. Amazing, genius. Right? Gen not not genius. What it was just, I mean, all the fans cleaned up the cleaned up the stadium. But I don't want to say genius. It's it's how they are. It's really like yeah. it's, it's exemplary. It's yeah. just like admirable. They lose, and their fans are cleaning up the mm -hmm. stadium. Not yeah. only that, but the team left the locker room immaculate. Oh yeah, right. Because that's their culture. That's mm -hmm. the way they are. That's the level of respect, even when they lost. Like they, you know, oftentimes you hear of teams like trash rooms. Oh yeah, absolutely. Or like get upset, which is understandable. We all not just understandable. Yeah, exactly. We can relate <laughs> yeah. to feeling frustrated, and, and and especially with that level of, of emotion and recognition on the line, you know, at the yeah. World Cup. But instead. They choose that, and so that's what it reminded me of. And I think that it's it, as as we all live now in a world where our personal brand we're more than our job, we're more than glasses.com, we're more than pick me up, we're more than San Diablo, we're more than whatever it is that we're doing. We are our own personal brand, and how are people remembering us? How are they? What are they going to say about the interaction that they've had with us and how we've made a difference? So I love that, and. So one last question, uh, maybe at least one additional question. Okay, okay, we got this. <laughs> what is one thing now that you would recommend to any business owner that may feel like creating this level that you just described of customer experience seems like pretty overwhelming? You know, it's like, oh gosh, this and this and all these pieces, and I got to do this and change this and train on this and now do this. It may seem a little bit much for a lot of people, but they may want and have this desire to make a difference in people's life, to leave a lasting legacy of positivity and goodness. They may want to dial up their customer and brand experience just a bit. Yeah. So what would be the one thing that you would suggest that they do even now, like in the next 24 hours? What could they do to create just a little bit more of an extraordinary customer and brand experience? I think number one, well, number, I think from my perspective, the number one, it starts with me. Hmm. You know, when I was first opening and like things would go wrong or problems, it, my, 
you know, like anger. My first, like, how did this happen? Like, and you know, I had to go through this process of process of like, okay, stop. First, like, was the employee properly trained? Were there systems in place? Like, did I? I mean, rather than me, like, and so many times it was stuff that I had failed to do as the leader, as the the manager. And so, you know, as, as I again go through like different, you know business like fast food establishments right interact and I have a kind of a bad experience I often my my now based on the experience I have now my first thought is I wonder what the business owner is like because that, it's that a reflection direct, oh, on absolutely. him or her absolutely. yeah and I love like you know when I travel and I and, and I and I'm gone for like you know for a few days or for a few weeks and I come back and when my employees say like, oh my gosh, Josh, I'm so glad you're back. Like, we've missed you so much. Like, we just love your energy. Because yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Your, how your employees interact with customers is a reflection of like how I interact with my, with, with my employees, how they see me interact with customers. Um, they follow your lead. Yeah, I, I don't treat my customers and my employees differently, per se. Like, if I'm laughing and teasing with my customers, I do the same thing with my employees. Consistency. Um, yeah, and obviously, I have, you know, a standard with you know with, with my employees that you know things have to have to be met. But I, I give them permission to be themselves. Um, I think that's huge. Um, and again, you're again, you're trying to like balance to find like the right teams, the people. Because you can have, I mean, for example, we all have a bunch of great friends, but there are some friends we just can't mingle together just because their personalities don't mix. Sure. And the same thing, with, you know, in, in Pick Me Up, where I'm like, oh, you're great, but you're great, but you guys, a lot of it too is like, I always tell my high school, my high, my high school employees, like, the truth is, you're your brain isn't fully developed yet. Like, let's be honest, like, you're still maturing and growing, and so, like, you know, that's what I'm working with. You cut so, them some slack. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, you know, rather than, like, oh, you're fired, it's like, all right, you know, what do we learn from this? Yeah. Sorry, I guess I'm, like, long tangent, but going back to, like, number one is, like, yeah, our employees' reactions generally is, is, a, is a reflection of how we are as leaders and managers with them. Mm. So look in the mirror, look inward and see where, how, maybe like self-analysis. Well, you've had, you know, you, know, you go to work, you know, other, you know, I don't, jobs I've had in the past. And when my employer would show up, like my skin would just crawl. I'd be like, ah, oh, this is going to be a long day. Like, this is miserable. I don't oh, want to work with this guy. Yeah, you know, I like, wish he weren't here. He dropped the F-bomb and yell and scream all the time. But you know, when, I'm, when I see my, my employees, I'm always, always like, tell me your favorite joke. You know, I always try to like make things lively and fun, or like they've had a bad. You know, I always talk about their dating, like, all right, like who dumped you, like what's going on. But yeah, I'm very not someone like in their face in their lives, but mm. yeah, awesome. That's it. Anything else? No, like, we what covered, else? covered a lot of a yeah. lot of good content. Um, no, that's good. I love it. I love it. I I think that you have shared some examples that that are not only easily. A, like approachable and for someone that is at any stage of a business to say okay you know there's some really super interesting nuggets here that I could apply in my area of influence right now I love it and um, I'm excited to like just today this is what it happened so a woman had messaged me on on last Wednesday and said hey I'm in Washington State my friend was in an ATV accident can I somehow buy a gift card and can you mail it to her address for me in, in their Nano Falls? But we're not set up to do gift cards online. I mean, that's not part of our process. Sure. And so I responded back and said, like, yeah, we'll take care of it. Like, you know, I can take your credit card payment or the phone, we'll give you the address. Anyways, I was like in the middle of moving, changing managers, I dropped the ball on it. So she messaged me again, she's like, hey, like, just checking in again. I heard on this. And I thought, I was like, oh my gosh. So I called my team up, I said, guys, immediately get some gift cards, get a dozen cookies, go to this woman's house. We're not paying a thing. You know, of course, we go to the woman's house, deliver the cookies, she starts crying, she says it's a bad day. The person in Washington messaged me, she's like, oh my gosh, she has went above and beyond. Like for free, did all this. Like I'm so impressed. So I'm like, I'm playing awkward. I'm like, you said this like last Wednesday, <laughs> but again, it right. goes back to the book. Um, I forgot this called Sitting the Table. I forgot the guy's name. Dan Myers. Okay, yeah, and he talks about yeah taking a bad, you know, one of our mess ups, and really flipping it right. to like wowing the customer. Right. Anyways, sorry, did I read them out? I go on I love it. About this. <laughs> We both can. Um, no, that's great. Well, thanks for taking the time. It's been awesome. It's been good. Yeah, can't wait to share it. 
Special thanks to our host, Mexicali Tacos and Company, for creating the ideal place for us to talk about brand and customer experience. There's a reason they've won Best Taco in all of Los Angeles multiple times. My great friend and top chef, Ezra Sochoa, is a taco genius. Everyone needs to try one of his signature tacos. That vampiro al pastor with its secret garlic sauce and pineapple is absolutely drop the mic good. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Taco Incidents. I'd love to hear your feedback, so hit me up on Instagram, email, phone, or, of course, over tacos. Check out our website, searchfortheperfecttaco.com, where you can watch the video version of these episodes and see all the taco action. And just when you thought Taco Tuesday couldn't get any better, I'll be releasing a new episode every week. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you'll be the first to know. And I'd be forever grateful, and definitely owe you tacos, if you'd leave a review of Taco Incidents on Apple Podcast. So join me as we search for the perfect taco together and discover how amazing brand experience can empower you to thrive.